morning. I know some of you have not had a very particularly, you know, interesting last few days, but it's still in the house of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, sometimes other people's stress can affect you. Other people's misery can make you miserable. I tell you, that is why when we come into the house of God, we have to make sure that we can dispose of it. Amen. Yeah, I've told you that we can be affected, affected by other people's spirits, good or bad. Amen. Yeah, so begin to become more sensitive to that. Amen. Yeah, when you see that the spirit that is about to rest on you is not good, make sure you get rid of it. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, so I was happy. And I like the scripture that says that I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. Yeah, because it's the one place that I know that when I come, you know, I can get rid of all foul spirits. And I can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah, there's just something about being in the presence of God. There's just something. The only problem is that when we come into the presence, we must let ourselves go. Amen. I don't know how many of you are on the um, Nanda platform, but I believe that yesterday, Reverend gave us a very encouraging word, isn't it? Yeah. He said it's our month of doxa. Amen. Pronounce it well. Yeah, because I said that some of you were saying it in various... How were you saying? Georgina, you're surprised. What did you think it was? Oh, Oh, gee. Ah, but the thing says D-O-X-A. How do you want to pronounce it? Doza. <laughs> yeah. Doxa. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It is good. May we experience God's glory. Amen. May you, may, may you, you see, when the glory of God is over you, men cannot help but show you favor. Amen. Yeah, men cannot help but be kind to you. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Demons cannot help but run away. Amen. They can't live in the, the presence of God. When the glory is there, even we, our nakedness and our sin is exposed. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, Phoebe made me. It reminded me of a scripture yesterday, you know, where Isaiah said that in the day that Kinoza died, I saw the Lord. Yeah. And the glory of God would fill the temple. And what happened? I saw that I was a man of unclean lips. And I dwelt amongst the people of unclean lips. There is something about the glory. It's not just there for you to shine, but it's also there to perfect you. Hallelujah. So when I saw Reverend's message come to us, I was like, yes, Lord. Work on us, Lord. All of us, we are work in progress. Yeah, all of us, we are work in progress. So we shouldn't even uh, deceive ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't, don't deceive ourselves. One of the things that we'll be talking about today, we'll, we'll see, we'll, we'll, we'll notice something. 
and, and, and it will help us. Amen. The last few weeks, Reverend has been talking about what? Choice. Choices. So I, I thought that, you know, I always try, I always try to make sure that I follow on. On what is, yeah, so when Reverend is talking about fighting something, let me try to come and add fighting something. So I saw that he's saying, talking about choices, which is a C and an H. So I thought we would talk about change. Hallelujah. Amen. So we are going to have a look at change. Change, change, change. Not coins change. I mean, <laughs> uh, balance, balance. We are going to look at change, and we are going to try and look at it in its entirety. And hopefully, today, for the next few minutes. Hey, Emmanuel, is this your first midweek meeting? Hey, there's, there, I mean, the ashes are doing signs and wonders, I tell you. Wow, it's very powerful. You know, for me, when I see people like Emmanuel on a Wednesday, it tells me a different level of dedication. And because some of you live down the street, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has to travel hours to come to church. Yeah. And to get here at this time means he has to cross the traffic on the motorway. Yeah, so it's, um, it's different. It's different. Amen. Amen. So I hope you change. Amen. Amen. And you know, but um, you see, when anytime the word of God is such that it covers so much and it talks about so much, and most of the time, when it's talking about something, it relates in a particular setting. And I think it's always, and that is why Reverend taught us about having the context of the text and the pretext and the protest, because it helps you not to misuse what is being taught. And it helps you to also use it rightly. So it's always good to have a framework within which you are talking about a particular thing. And also make sure that what we are talking about does not apply to another thing. Do you understand? So let's say if I decide that if we are doing a series, either later this year or next year, and we are talking about um, the strong woman, immediately we have to set the parameters before a wife gets home <laughs> and tells the husband that by the grace of God, I'm now a strong woman. <laughs> uh, yeah. And my strength shall be seen in this house. So it's always good to put it in the right context and how it's being used. So I thought that I will start from that. The, uh, you know, depending on where you come from in the world, there are some places that before you build your house, you build a wall around the house to protect your land. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you see, you see when, when you've only lived in England, you appreciate that because we don't need walls. Yeah, but on some continent and in some regions of the world, without the wall, the house is not yours. Without the wall, the land is not yours. Yeah, but then once the wall is set, you know that anything inside relates to what belongs to you. So what I'm saying is that anything we build inside the wall is what we are talking about with change. Anything outside the wall, we are not changing and we are not touching. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, so I thought that first we'll talk about all the things we are not changing so that when we start talking about it, we don't have to keep trying to emphasize that. No, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that. Do, do, do you understand? Yeah, because every good thing can be abused. I heard something. You know how sometimes you hear a statement and it just sticks with you? 
You know, I almost, I was going to tweet it, and I remembered that I don't have a Twitter account. Then I was trying to put it on Instagram, but I wasn't sure how you put a statement like that on Instagram. But I heard this thing yesterday, and it was, it was an advice that was being thrown out. You know, it was like the people were sort of trying to quarrel, but it was a message. Yeah, so the man was saying that, please, be a wife, not a knife. It's very powerful, I tell you. I said that, yeah, it's a message. It's, I, and I feel that one day I'll do a series on it. Be a wife, not a knife. Kai. <laughs> so I wanted to, um, first of all, look at the things that uh, should not change. And also, when change is bad, before we, we will look at change. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So we'll look at when, we should, when things should not change. And when the change is bad, then now we can embrace change and move on. And um, since I'm a teacher, I think that the first thing we have to do is, not, first of all, define what change is so that we can get it out of the way. Amen. So change, number one, is to make or use something in a different way. To make or use something in a different way. Yeah. So a wife is for something, it's not for knife. I mean. Change, number two, is to become different. You know when people say, you've changed. Do you understand? Yeah, sometimes when people get married, they change. You know, sometimes when somebody is a teenager and they are getting into their adulthood, they change. Yeah. The women develop breasts and things. You know, the men begin to have some beard and things. There's a change. Or you, know, you, you change. Yeah, you change. Sometimes you have a loss in your life. You change. Isn't it? Yeah. Change. Number three is to take or use something else. Is to take or use something else. Yeah, so when people stop taking uh, sugar, they replace it with what? What's that little sweetener? I hear it's worse than the sugar. Oh, should I make a confession this evening? Because this is Wednesday. And then, are you recording? Okay, it's okay. It doesn't matter. Everybody has their mistakes. Do you know what has happened to me in 2019? Which since 2014 or 15, I, I thought I had been delivered from, when I just said, talked about this sugar in this thing, and it made me remember. Because, you know, 2014, 2015, I've been talking about my anointing over Coca-Cola. I tell you, Georgina. Oh, shut up. <laughs> so somewhere in March, I think we had guests or something. Then a certain man went to town and brought drinks supposedly for the guest. And amidst the drinks was um, Coca-Cola. And of course, the amount of Coca-Cola that was brought to the house was much more than the guests could drink. And then the guests left. And uh, waste not. 
you know, frugality. You have to be frugal. So we can't, um, and it will also expire. It will go, um, you know, the sparkle will go. So it sort of has to be used. So there was a pact between two drug addicts that we shall drink this and that will be all. But then I realized that when that passed, the next thing I realized was that occasionally I would see a glass bottle Coke. And as for glass bottle Coke, gee, it's like high grade. Dr- <laughs> so I saw that once in a while, they'll, they'll pull out one glass Coke, you know, and then I'll ignore it. Then they'll pull another. Then I, I then, um, you know, the accusing, the accusers. So one of my accusers came and said, hey, mommy, you seem to be backsliding. I said, you, I seem. Ah, yeah. then, then the person made a mistake. In fact, two people, one person in my house made a mistake. Then I went somewhere and another person made a mistake. But what they didn't realize is that they were helping me to sort of come out but stay in. So she was like, it's not good. You know, the sugar, da, da, and, da, and look, and once you start, da, da. I said, ah. Then they said, this person in my house and this person also outside my house, they said that uh, zero, z- what? Coke zero. What? Coke zero has no sugar. And then I went to take, it's true. So I went to take the bottle. And when I looked in the bottle, he said, no, no, no. But it doesn't tell you the chemicals and things. Since I doesn't tell you. doesn't tell you that. But now we're dealing with the sugar. So it informed me that if I don't want sugar, cocktail. But when the, that man brought the cocktail house, he brought another thing, which was tonic. Coke with tonic with ice. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. I, I definitely, I don't like diet things. But I realized that if we are going to add a diet coke to the tonic and put the ice and put a slice of lemon, it should work. And at the same time, it will. Then a certain person in my house said that, you see, diet coke is for people who just want to lose weight. I said, I'm inside that category. <laughs> anyway, I'm talking about bad change, isn't it? <laughs> so I, I mean, I'm there. I'm there. I just thought I'll share it with you, people. You thought I was going to say that I've overcome it. I have to overcome it. I am currently on the diet coke. But yesterday, I tried it, and it didn't, it wasn't um, nice. So, hopefully. And the person who brings it to the house is not there. So, we are hoping that by the end of June, before they come, we'll all be detoxed. The one he's bringing. Ah, okay. Ah. To take or use something else. So instead of having the main Coke, we are having diet Coke. <laughs> it was just the example I was giving you. <laughs> oh, they're all bad. Oh, they're all bad. This don't take sugar, take sweetener. It's all bad. Yeah, water or um, herbal tea or um, lemon and water. What again? Yeah, fruity tea. Yeah, so yeah. And what else? What? Yeah, that's herbal tea. What else? 
Oh, Pastor Sam. Pastor Sam. You see, because me, I've, I've, I've shared one of my bad change. What is a lie? No, juice is not good. Sorry? Even that one, because they say that the orange, when you squeeze it, you shouldn't have too much. We are tired. We are tired. <laughs> but juice is better than all sodas. Okay. It's part of your five a day. Number one, four. The process through which something changes. The process through which something changes. Number five. To exchange one thing for another, especially of a similar kind. To exchange one thing for another, especially of a similar kind. Kind. So if you're traveling from Leeds to London, you can change trains or coaches in Manchester or Sheffield or whatever, isn't it? But it's still a train, but it's a different, you know? Or you can wear um, jumpers in the winter and then you wear cotton in the uh, summer, isn't it? So you have a change of clothes, but it's... Um, number six... To form a new opinion about something or somebody that is different from, the, from your old opinion. To form a new opinion about something or somebody that is different from your old one. I have got a new opinion about Western politics from the old one I used to have. Because I always used to think that African politics was the West, and they should follow Western politics. I don't have that belief anymore. Do you understand? I've got a new opinion about Western politics that they also don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Do you understand? So to form a new opinion, yeah. yeah. Some people form a new opinion about marriage after they get married. <laughs> yeah. Some people form a new opinion about wealth when they get rich. Do you get it? Some people form a new opinion about plastic surgery once their face is cut. They realize that the old face was working just fine. The same as the next one, to make a new decision about something. To make a new decision. Yeah. Yeah. We also have an expression that we see, especially when it comes to driving, isn't it? When you're driving, they'll say, well, change gears <laughs> from first to second to third. Yeah. Life also sometimes you need to change. What gear you're cruising in? Some of us are, we are in reverse. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> were better, then we got to good, then we got to bad, and then we are getting worse. <laughs> yeah. And some people, when they change gear, you know, they stop the rubbing. I mean, because when it comes to like my drinking of Coke, you can see that I've changed all gears. I've gone forward, went to neutral. I'm slightly back now, but I'm coming back to neutral. In Jesus' name. <laughs> this one to say amen. So now the question we are answering first of all is when should there not be a change and when is change bad? When should there not be a change and when is change bad? So this is where we begin to read some scriptures. Proverbs chapter 24. We're going to read a few scriptures and then you see, because sometimes people have like to argue in their mind about things. Proverbs 24, verse number 21. The Bible says, My son, fear thou the Lord and the king, and meddle not with them that are given to change. This change is in relation to A, 21A, which is my son, fear thou the Lord and the king. So when you change in your fear of God, do you understand? It's not a good change. Just as Malachi 3 verse 6, the Bible says, I am the Lord and put it up there so I don't, Malachi 3, 6. And I change not. Malachi 3, verse number 6. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. One thing that does not change is God. Amen. Yeah. Psalm 110, verse 4. One of the things that has not changed is God's mind. Change it, uh, put it up there. Psalm 110, verse number four. The Lord has sworn and will not, what version Bible is that? The Lord has, the Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever according to the order of, give me NLT if you have it. Do you have NLT? The Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Look at Hebrews 7.21. Hebrews chapter 7, verse number 21. I'm giving you a few scriptures, isn't it? Do you have the message? But then God intervened and called this new permanent priesthood into being with an added promise. God gave this word. He won't take it back. You are the permanent priest. Amen. And then Matthew 28 verse 19 to 20. Give me the Amplified. 
Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Help the people to learn of me, believe in me, and obey my words, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, remaining with you. The last verse for this, Psalm 15, verse 4. A lot of scriptures. Psalm 15. In his eyes, an evil person is despised, but, honest, but he honors those who fear the Lord and obediently worship him with awe, inspired and reverence and submissive wonder. He keeps his word even to his own disadvantage and does not change it. Amen. So we are talking about change that should not change. That the kind of change that must not happen. And what it is is that the change that should not happen is what God says, why God says, or when. So the what, why, when of God and the who, who God is, never changes. What God is never changes. The instruction God gives, like Matthew 28, 8, never changes. But one of the things you will notice, like when you read uh, Matthew 28, 80, 20, even though he gave instruction and said, go make disciples of me and all that, he never put the how. Do you understand? He never put the how. Which means that the how is subject to change. The how is subject to change. Yeah. When you are getting married, they say, love your wife or love your husband. It's not subject to change. How you love is subject to change. Yeah, because when you marry and you marry at the age of 25, how you love will probably be different from when you are 60. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, because when you are 60, and that is where sometimes even marital couples struggle. Because they assume that what they used to do and how they used to do when they first got married is okay after 30 years. No. Some things have to change. So the how must is where we are going to look at because even the church struggles with it. The reason why the church almost died was because we stuck with it and avoided change. Until today, you have so many Christians who criticize all kinds of churches. Why do they sing this kind of song in church? Why do they make so much noise in church? Why do they be here? Why are they preaching? Why don't they kneel on the altar before them? Why do they? Why do they? Why are they giving? Why are they giving offering? Why don't they pay? But you see, normally it is even only in the when it comes to the things of God where we make those kind of accusations. But most of us, when they say their dress is out of fashion, we stop wearing it. When they say this color is no more in fashion, we stop wearing it. If I, when we see somebody now, 
with their trousers tight here and loose for the rest. We'll be take, following the person and taking pictures. Yeah, and then we'll put it on this and look at what I saw. And we'll ridicule it and ridicule it. But two winters to come, when we see it on the fashion, uh, what do you call it? Catwalk, we immediately go to the shop. Minister Sheila, do you know the one thing that surprises me now? They have some flower, different pattern trousers now in the shop. Anyway, I'll leave the rest of that conversation for another day because it is. Um, It's only in the church. The church has become like a DVLA in some land. There's a place that when you go to renew your driving license, they write it in a notebook. In 2019, 2019, somebody has a pen and a notebook. Then they register your car. So if something goes wrong with the car, they have to look for the person who has the key to the room who has the notebook. And knows what page your address is on. Another time when change is not good is when change is in the wrong direction. When change is in the wrong direction. Oh, you used to be on fire for God until. Yeah, now I've calmed down a bit. It doesn't take all that. That is not good change. That is not good change. Yeah. Oh, I used to read my Bible every day. Now I try and read it once a month. That is not good change. He asked for me, I was always in church. I was like a church mouse. If the door is open, I'm there. By the grace of God, I have now matured. It's a change, but it's not a good change. You know, I always used to say that I will never sleep with anybody that I'm not married to. But I've realized that these things, they're all petty, petty. It's a change. I've told you this thing I have a mother that if you are one hour pregnant, she will know. Me and my mother. One hour pregnant, she will know. And, and she will say that um, uh, you have changed. You have changed. And she doesn't ask you if you are pregnant. She asks you when. Because as for you being pregnant, she's not arguing. You can't argue with her. Yeah. And then she taught me how to locate it. But I also don't know. I think she has more than that because if you're at that distance, what she has told me to look out for, I can't see from you. I have to be close. And in fact, I have to touch your neck. <laughs> oh, no, but it's true. That the, the beat the, is faster. Yeah. Yeah. This one is traditional medicine. Hey. <laughs> So when you are changing in the wrong direction, it's not good. Yeah. Oh, as for my husband, I used to chat all the time. 
Well, now we are used to each other, so we don't talk much. It's not a good change in your marriage. Yeah, it has for my husband. Always, our hands are all over each other. Now when I see, it's not a good change. It's not a good change. Because just as scripture says, you should hunger and thirst. Sorry. The next bad change is when change, the process of change is not managed well. When I was thinking about this thing, then a very good example, and maybe the medical people, pharmacy and things, one good example to understand this, where when the process of change is not managed well, is how we get, how cancer develops. Yeah, because cancer is just the change of the production of cells, isn't it? Hey, my, um, Dorothy, am I right? Yeah, so I have to check. I'm not a biology student. I'm a physics chemist. I don't do biology. But when, what creates cancer is that, because as human beings, we have cells that are dying and new cells that are growing. And that's how we live. But as soon as the new cells that are growing, more cells than necessary are growing, it turns into a tumor. And when the, right, the wrong cells are multiplying, it also is cancerous, isn't it? Yeah. So which means that even though we need cells, we don't want the cells to, they have to come at the right pace. If they come too much, it becomes, and then it becomes a tumor. Which means that if you are rapidly changing, and that is why sometimes you can see somebody, they'll say they're on fire, and the speed with which even the fire came. Oh! So you see them in town. You're even shy to talk to them because you feel so unspiritual. Yeah. They have gone to W.H. Smith. Then you get to the till kabosha. Sorry, how much is that till kabotoka? God bless you. God bless you. And then it makes you feel so unspiritual. It makes you feel like you are not serious. Yeah, you get to the city center. They are standing there. CICC one thousand. CICC one thousand. And you, you forgot your flyers even at home. The last ones they gave to you is on your kitchen table. <laughs> then you see them, they have a box full. You see that um, Mark just brought us 5,000 flies. So they'll carry one box with them. Yeah. They'll be standing in the city center. Jesus loves you. And you're like, ah, but you, last Monday you gave your life to Christ. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Then every time they see anybody, um, Sister Bula, the Lord gave me a word for you. I sense in my spirit that there's a wind blowing over you. There's a wind, there's a wind, there's a wind, there's a wind. Yeah, the Lord says, The Lord says it will happen. I'm not sure what he means, but he says you know. It will happen. It will happen. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I, shall we pray? <laughs> and sometimes, those of us who are, who are also totally backsliding, we are so much in awe of them. <laughs> yeah. If we don't take care, before we realize, we're actually going to them for counsel. <sighs> I had a dream. Oh, well, I think you have to leave this dream with me. I'll get back to you. The Bible even says that he that hasteneth to be rich has an evil eye. In God, you can't have haste. You can't have haste. In fact, in God, it is the natural things which grace is added to make it supernatural. It's just the natural things. Every day you are praying, every day you are praying, every day you are praying, God anoints you. Yeah. You are helping, you are helping, you are helping, God gives you a gift. That is not good change. You see, because that same person, one negative thing will hit them. And then you can't even locate them. Yeah, you can't locate them. You go and visit them, they'll tell you that, oh, I'm, I'm on break. <laughs> From God, I'm on break. I'm on break, I'm on break. That is not good change. Because you see, you have to spend time in the word of God. You have to build yourself in your most holy faith and get some spiritual strength before you even tackle some fights. If you go and fight, and, you see, because such a person, the devil assumed that, oh, now you want big fight, I bring you big trouble. Now, now that we have eliminated this change, because we know that what God wants us to do, who God wants us to be or become, God doesn't change. Do you understand? Yeah, his promises are here and amen. The promise of God will not change. Yeah, the plan of God will not change. The mission of God will not change. And that is where the church even gets it wrong. Because in our quest to execute certain things, instead of changing just the how, we begin to change the why, the who, and even the what. See, because if somebody comes to the church and says, oh, marry us, then you, and then you have to ask, which one of you is the husband? Which one of you is the wife? Then you know that it's not one that you can open the Bible and do. But because we want to do something else, we adjust. But you can't adjust who God is and what God says. You know? Why do we need change? And why do we need good change? Yeah. I don't know which one to give to you both. 
have plenty. I'll give you some and then we'll go. Without change, you will hit a ceiling and not grow any further. Without change. We're talking about good change now, so I'm not going to be saying it's good change. I'm talking about change. We have deleted all the ones we don't need. Without change, you will hit a ceiling and not develop any further and not go any further. You will see that the educational system in certain lands have evolved and you will see that the educational system in certain lands have not evolved. And so you will see that the development of certain places has not evolved. And you will see that even in the church, it is the same. As a church, we must move towards more of the use of technology. Have to. The how. Because the people you want to reach are on technology. Yeah. Some time ago, knocking on everybody's door was the way out. Because there were no mobile phones, there was no text message, there was no WhatsApp, Instagram, whatever. You want to find me, you call me on my landline, or you come to my house. Or you go to use the payphone, and you put enough coins in and make your call. You, you don't need to do that now. You don't need to do that now. More people, in fact, even television is becoming redundant. Uh, redundant. Most people don't watch television. Most people's TV is on their um, tablet. And in fact, it's worse because now you can do whatever. So if you're in church now, you want to watch whatever, you have saved it when you go. What do they call it? No, no, like when the thing has already happened, you're watching it later. In demand. Catch up. Not catch up, catch up. It will be really pathetic. And you see, and that is where all this, our spookiness and things comes in. Because somebody will say that, well, you know, technology is from the devil. Who told you that? Isn't it God who gave talent and gift to people to even develop that? So why would the church not use it? And you see, a lot of the time, people who will even make that argument, in their personal private life, they use technology. For bad things. Second reason why we need change is that people like to settle and like things that are safe. People like to settle and like things that are safe. People like to settle. And like things that are safe. If you like to settle and you like things that are safe, you are never going to progress. This is for your personal life. If you like things that are safe and things that are settled, you are just used, you you are used to, you will never progress. One of the things I like about Reverend, he, he can go to the shop and bring maybe a new kind of juice. The fruit, I don't even know the name. 
As soon as, when I see the color of the fruit, I know that I'm not going to drink by virtue of the color. And then he will tell me that if you never taste it, how would you know? And that is true. Because you may taste it and realize that it's actually a nice. Yeah, you know, for at least two years, Beulah was using all kinds of rubs, this, that I should have my fresh yogurt with peanut. I told her that in Jesus' name, I, I refuse it, I throw it back. And then she'll be like, just have it. Then I think that she converted her. Then she was like, oh, it's really nice. I said, listen, the look of it, the texture of it, please. But the first time I tried it, now I have it every day. (laughs) Today all my confessions are coming out, I tell you. But people like to just settle. They like things that are safe because it brings a certain level of security. If you like security too much, you won't go far. You won't do much. Yeah. I tell you. Maybe those are some of my areas. I said when it comes to like food, I don't like new. I tell you. You know, when we go to a restaurant in any country or whatever, I'm looking for fried chicken. You can't go wrong. If the chicken has been grilled, or you know that it would work. At best, you sprinkle uh, black pepper and salt. It will work. It will be eatable. But not Reverend. Oh! He's looking at menu from top to bottom. If the name is in a different language, he doesn't understand. He calls the waiter and says, what exactly, what animal is it? And what has been done with it? Yeah. And then he would always say, okay, you order your safe one. I'm going to do the try. If it doesn't work, I'll share yours with you. You see, but what it means is that at least he will know what this is and what it's not. But for most of us, it's not food. Our very life is just rigid. No level of flexibility. Even the cereal we have, we are never, we have been eating Weetabix since we were five. Now we are 42, still Weetabix. Two in the morning with a semi-skim. And two slices of toast. Bam, bam. Same. Even if we change the texture of the bread you eat, it has to be 50-50. Or whole meal or whatever. Your life becomes pathetic. You don't go further. You don't do much. You don't push yourself. <laughs> I, I think that Calvary Fitness, when are we starting? Please bring us back here. Let, let life resume. Eh? Sergeant, please, can we revive ourselves? We beg you. Some of us are backsliding totally. But you see, and that is why for me, I personally really appreciate my husband. Oh, I, I was totally risk averse. I don't do risk. The answer, by virtue, I'm too melancholic and too calculating to close my eyes and jump. Exactly, please. And as a mathematician, the equation must add up. 
It has to. Don't come and multiply anything in exposition. Let me see that thing. And you see, that's why God knew and said, okay, I'll give you the right husband for you. Because that's what Robert, he can jump. Can jump. Yeah, can jump. You say if you fall, you know where not to jump. <laughs> so long as you are jumping within the walls. But some of us won't shift at all. Yeah. You have ladies who are determined that the man they are going to marry is exactly, precisely like that. Five, six, slightly fair. So when five eight comes, no. When five four comes, definitely no. When, hey! God has promised you that yes, you will marry and you will have a good marriage. But this kind of five seven five eight copper color, this you have made that one. Yeah, sometimes it won't be copper color; it will be bronze, but it's good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You have a brother. He says that you know. Mm, no, it's not good. It's not, it's not good. It's not good. No, I can't say it. I can't say it. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 If there is not enough to hold, I don't want. Listen, I'm being as pastoral as I can. Please help me to be pastoral. I am trying to maintain my office. Please, I can't help you. I am in my office. No. Let me give you the two. Let's go. Next week we'll continue because I don't want... The next thing, the reason is because stepping into new things and trying out things is always challenging and makes you vulnerable. Makes you vulnerable. Makes you vulnerable. Stepping into new things and trying out new things is always challenging and makes you vulnerable. We are so conscious of self and so aware of ourselves that we can't allow ourselves, should in case we are shamed, should in case disgrace comes. But what you realize is that your co-equals will come and pass you by because they tried things. They took chances. They took opportunities that came. They probably didn't succeed in all of them, but because they took so many chances, some fell too. What number are you on? Number four. You have to change what you think before you can change what you are doing. You have to change what you think before you can change what you are doing. If you are not thinking right, you will not change right.
Ah, we're going to end on this one. That's good. One of our greatest weapon is our mind, you know. One of our greatest weapon. Yeah. The last sort of six or seven days, for me, has been extremely hectic. Totally filled. I mean, there are some days that when I get home, I'm too tired to eat. I'm just, you know. But then, immediately, these people who are in my house, you know, they come and they interject certain things that quickly turns my mind from a sense of too much to a sense of accomplished. It's the same fatigue. It's the same stretch. But you either see it as worn out or done. Something accomplished. If you don't change how you are thinking, you will not change what you are doing. So somebody may also reach home worn out and be frustrated. And be sh- so as soon as that mindset is brought in, what I end up doing is getting, okay, I can't say what it is, be like stay, but getting something eatable, not drink, it's not Coca-Cola, don't worry. And then turning to watch, you know, a sitcom, something that will make me laugh or watch my favorite president, you know, misbehave and bring me joy. I know most people don't like the news. I love the news. It's my source of relaxation. It's just because Reverend keeps saying that. So when this man is no more president, what will you, your source of entertainment? I say, I'll find ways because he's got to. The last one for today, and then let's go home. Develop the art of not knowing. And I've put the art of not knowing in quotation. Develop the art of not knowing. Because as soon as you acknowledge that you don't know everything, you are ready to get to know more. Try something different. Because if you realize that you don't have the solution to everything, you don't have the understanding of everything, you, don't ha- you can't acknowledge, you don't know it. You see, and as you grow, it becomes one of the most difficult things. For me as a young person, it was one of the things I learned very early to be able to say, I don't know. Um, Saturday, when was it? One of the days Dorothy and Kuli came to my door, they said the card machine, the paper. I, I, I don't know. Oh, you, you are doing PhD. You too, you have got your electronic, whatever. You, you have even done electronic. You don't know. How would I know? Me, I've only dealt with concrete and this thing. <laughs> I don't know. You should be able to say, you don't know everything. The art of not knowing. You don't know everything. Yeah, even though the Bible says that with the ages, wisdom, the old people don't know everything. Yeah. And some of us young people, as soon as we turn 18, now we thought we know everything. You don't know everything. Yeah. We know things, but we don't know everything. And that ability and that agreement that I don't know everything exposes you to explore and to get to know things. Yeah. That is why sometimes even people's marriage becomes so dull. Because they think they know everything. You don't know everything. You think you know your husband or your wife. You don't know them. You have to make an effort to continually discover them to death. That is how you have a joyful marriage. 
That is how you have love in your marriage. Because you keep discovering. But as for you, since you found out that your husband likes... Um, uh, no, no, I'm talking about food. Please, focus. Yeah. You realize that this dish, he likes it. Till death do us part. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that as a church, because of the leader we even have, as he keeps us, let's do this, let's try this, let's mend. Have you seen that it even transforms us? A church dies when the church feels that, okay, now we have done everything. Now, no, I believe that even how the choir is must change. How the ashes, I can see that reminds me after church come, I have a lot of things on my phone to show you pictures, plenty for you. Yeah. Change. Change, Bula. Things must change. Now we have two services. So the first service administration, how would it be like? The second service, how would it be like? What are we going to do? Yeah. Now we are, how can we improve our chapels for this next year? I expect that my university chapel people should have new ideas for 2019 to 2020. Can't be doing the same thing, repeating the same thing every time. Things die. Yeah. If we don't get new cells in us, we will die. The body lives when there's fresh. The church lives when there's fresh. Rise up to your feet.